With a handful of non-conference games left, Todd Gutkowski is here to talk all things Patriot League from what's happened this so far this season to what to expect in conference play, who to watch, and how the new coaches and players have fared this season. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello and happy Friday. You are locked on to women's basketball. I'm host Natalie Heverin, and I'm a features writer and the Atlantic 10 beat reporter for the next. Thanks for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code, all lowercase, LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. If this is your first time listening to Locked On Women's Basketball, we at The Next have over 100 reported pieces every single month. We have a beat reporter on every single WNBA team, one on more than 15 different NCAA beats, including the two of us. So get that YouTube subscription up, and you can also support us by subscribing to The Next, $9 a month, $72 a year at thenextsoups.com. Today, we'll be chatting about what's happened so far this season in the Patriot League, what to expect in conference play, who to watch, and how the newcomers, including coaches and players alike, have fared so far this season. So... Todd, starting off, um, how did you start covering the Patriot League, and how long have you been doing it? I've been covering the Patriot League for about five years. Um, the league is regional to me. Uh, after I retired from college coaching myself, it was a nice transition to connect with Howard, our editor-in-chief, and um, cover the league. It's been great. I enjoy it. I look forward to continuing to do it. And thanks for having me on the pod, and happy holidays to you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I always love uh, reading your stuff uh, on the Patriot League, and it's great to always great to chat mid-major basketball. Um, can you briefly recap what's happened in the first couple of months of non-conference play in the Patriot League so far? Well, I don't know how I've described the Patriot League so far, other than to say at the top of the league, Lehigh's a bit of a surprise at 8-2. and two, um, They grabbed a player from the A-10. Uh, Fordham transfer, Colleen McQuillan, and uh, a transfer from within the Patriot League, which is uh, a rare occurrence, Remy Sisselman. And they've both been starting, and Lehigh's off to an 8-2 and two start. And it's pretty surprising, uh, given that they graduated uh, the top two scorers in the league from a year ago, one of whom is now currently starting for Marquette, and one of whom is a uh, grad transfer in Clemson's rotation. So, uh, nice that uh, Lehigh has gotten out of the gate strong. That's definitely probably the story of the league so far. Um, but BU, who made it to the final last year, is also looking great at 8-3. and three. And the preseason player of the year, uh, Caitlin Weimer, is absolutely having a fantastic start. Um, just taking on a, uh, an expanded role. Um, she's kind of a quiet player on the court, but she's really showing a lot of leadership and uh, living up to the preseason player of the year um, award. She's averaging 18 and a half and grabbing 10 rebounds and shooting almost 56%. 
um, had a buzzer beater in their opener, sort of kicked things off for them really nicely. Um, so BU right there at eight and three. The rest of the league, you know, anything could happen behind those two, I think. And uh, some of the programs that we usually like to see at the top, do see at the top, like American and Bucknell, um, have been struggling. Uh, Bucknell is three and eight and American is two and eight and they've lost eight of nine. So I, I think the story of the league so far is that it's in a little bit of flux. Um, and that as we head into conference play, I think anything can happen, um, in the league for sure. And as do the most, um, about the Patriot League, you know, prior to the start of conference play. I think probably the, the results in the non-conference schedule. Um, I expected a little better, uh, non-conference slate and the results have been, I think, just frankly underwhelming. Um, and some teams have left, left some wins on the table. Um, and there, it is a young league again this year and it does take some time to grow. So we'll chalk it up to that and look forward to a stronger finish and some excitement in conference play. Uh, but I, I'm a little bit surprised that the league um, hasn't made more of a footprint, a successful footprint in non-conference play. And I say that as a fan and a supporter of Patriot League teams, for sure. And we've talked a little bit about this offline um, in, in that the Patriot League maybe hasn't has performed under the expectation heading into this season. Um, but has that been the case Um you know, leading up to this year? And do you know of any reasons that that might be happening? I don't know. It's a great question. Is it is it a COVID thing? I don't, I don't know if you see that in the Atlantic 10 with some programs. It's probably a combination of a few things. Um, you know, in the last couple of years, I want to say six of the 10 coaches just took over their program either two or three seasons ago. And if you don't nail that first recruiting class, you're, you're playing catch up. And then those recruits that are landing, you're relying on are freshmen or, you know, sophomores at best. And there are a few teams in that boat. Um, we'll talk about a couple. Um, so did COVID hurt recruiting? Is the new, is the number of new coaches in the league? Has that slowed things down in terms of growth? Maybe. I mean, everyone deserves their chance to get their program started. And, you know, some are, are starting a little slower than others. Um, some inherited, you know, a little deeper roster than others. Um, so it could be any of that. But I think for a, a league that uh, is really like underrated and there are great players in the Patriot League. And you can see um, from the number of players that have moved on as grad transfers and making an impact. In the Power Five leagues, um, Franny Hottinger at Marquette starts for Marquette. They're undefeated, and she's almost averaging a double-double. I mean, terrific player. So there are great players. Uh, this season in the non-conference, and, it, you know, I'd have to go back and look at it to compare year to year, but there's been eight games against competition below Division One level, six against D3, one against the D2, and one coming up against an NAIA team. Um, and I, those have value for development and playing time and gaining confidence from wins, but um, I'm not sure that that works overall for the league success and making an impact. 
that there are great coaches in the league, great players in the league, and they can go out and meet big teams, play against big teams, and, and stand toe-to-toe with them. Um, I'd like to see more of that and less of those confidence games. Um, and, you know, perhaps that's a, a reflection of where some of the programs are or uh, part of their building process. Um, so I'm anxious to see how things move forward into league play if that growth really comes to fruition um, using that the, those type of games. Having said that, there are a couple teams that really scheduled some outrageously tough uh, non-conference games and good for them and, and full respect. But um, I think there's a little underperforming um, when I think in the past the league has been underrated um, because there are terrific players and coaches in the league. And, you know, going off of that, are there or what are um, some of the biggest Patriot League non-conference wins and what are some of your takeaways uh, from non-conference play as it's almost over? You know, I can't really point to a signature win where I'd say, wow, you know, we really did it. But um, the BU win over Harvard, who has been touted as a real strong contender in the Ivy League, which has grown um, and covered well by Jen Hatfield. Um, BU-Harvard is a big rivalry in town, so um, them pulling off a three-point win in Boston, that's a pretty big and exciting non-con win. And then I think uh, Lehigh, point to their schedule, they're not big, shiny wins against power teams, but beating good programs like Drexel, Delaware, and Yale for Lehigh, um, that speaks well to the conference, speaks well to their program where they're at, especially with losing Mackenzie Kramer, who went on to Clemson as a grad transfer, and Franny Hottinger, who went on to Marquette. For them to piece their puzzle together so quickly and come up with those quality wins, um, you know, I would tout those as, as uh, really big steps forward for the conference, those type of games. What stands out for me probably more than anything is the road record. Um, I think it, we're 13 and 33 headed into the next slate of games. And um, that, that's a little underwhelming to me. I think the the talent level and the coaching level is better than that. And I, I think that the season will show that there are, the teams are, are better performers than what they've shown in the non-conference. And then probably the other big takeaway, it's a Lehigh connection, is Ella Stemmer, junior guard for Lehigh. Absolutely crushing it from the backcourt. I mean, Lehigh lost over 60% of its scoring from a season ago, um, and she's sort of tasked with stepping up and being that large perimeter threat, and she's second in the league in scoring right now. Um, she played against uh, LaSalle, and I think she set um, a Lehigh record with 10 three-pointers in that game, 33 points, put up 37 against Pitt. I mean, she's just playing fantastic basketball, and you know, if she can keep that up, you know, Lehigh might be might be the favorite as we as we move down the stretch. Coming up next, we'll talk about some of the top players in the Patriot League, how the newcomers have fared, and more. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this basketball season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. 
Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. With basketball season here, I am now so excited to pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily Fantasy Sports, made easy. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So, Todd, who has been your favorite player to watch so far this season? Uh, it's probably Caitlin Weimer. Uh, Boston University, um, just because BU lost so much, three key starters, and then they had two key rotation players transfer out that probably put more pressure on the forward position for Weimer. Um, and she's really just stepped up and met the challenge, not only in leading the team, but in hitting clutch shots. And she's a player that can finish with either hand. Um, she's not a bully in the post. But she has great touch with either hand, um, very effective on both ends. And probably, you know, I would add that one of my other favorite players to watch in the league is her teammate, in, uh, Alex Gianaros. Absolutely, in my view, the best shooter in the league. So steady, uh, such a threat from deep. Um, but she's also a tremendous playmaker and uh, both Caitlin and Alex, they play really well off each other, um, playing inside out. Uh, Gianaros in transition, because BU likes to push, is so composed and mature this year. She's patient, um, and she's just a great, great playmaker. So I enjoy both of those players. And if we actually were headed to the playground, and uh, you and I had to pick teams and all the Patriot League players were there. I think I would choose Gianaros as my first pick. Um, she's fun. She's clutch. Um, she sees the floor real well. And she's just a tra- tremendous playmaker. And I, I think, once again, um, she will devastate the three-point line like she did last year, shooting over 50%. I mean, that's just incredible. Um, and the two of them are going to push BU as far as they can go. Um, absolutely great players to watch. And I maybe the – and I mentioned her before, uh, but maybe the player I've enjoyed watching most this year is not in the Patriot League anymore, and that's Franny Hottinger um, at Marquette. Uh, watching her shift from the Patriot League to the Big East is really fun, and watching her have the success that she's having – I think it speaks well to the Patriot League, uh, to Lehigh's program, and to her skill and work ethic. Uh, I think she's 9.4 a game and 9.2 rebounds a game. Um, When you come into a top 20 program and you start and you put up those numbers, 
Um, you are an excellent player, and then Franny certainly is, and she's been fun to watch. Not currently in the Patriot League, um, but I think of her as a Patriot League player, and she was last year's uh, Patriot League Player of the Year, a very dominant player in the league for sure. And what player or players do you expect to make a jump in conference play? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, and I can't believe we're almost halfway through our pod and we haven't talked about Holy Cross. But when you ask that, I think of Brona Power Cassidy, um, Holy Cross senior forward, very dynamic player, uh, clutch player, a leader, takes big shots, hits big shots. She's just a winner. Um, and she's having a great season, 13.8 points a game, 5.9 rebounds. And Holy Cross has been a bit up and down at six and five. Um, so I expect her to really move forward with her game and lead Holy Cross as defending champs with four starters back. You know, they're very, very capable of winning another championship. Um, it's a long road. Um, and it's a different motivation when you're coming off cutting down the nets than it is when you're hungry to cut them down. So I'm curious to see how they navigate that. Um, but Power Cassidy is, is such a tremendous player, um, solid leader, and she she's not afraid of the big shot, uh, and she took one in last year's championship game and nailed it um, just big time. So I, I look forward to seeing her make just that next jump up um, to lead her team in conference play. Um, Holy Cross certainly a threat, again, to repeat. And we talked about this in segment one, um, and we've talked about this a lot offline over the last year. How have there are quite a few newer coaches in the Patriot League, and how have they fared so far this season? Oh wow! Well, this season, um, this off season is the first I think in five years um, for the league to not hire a new coach. I mean, that's great. Rooting for all you coaches out there, but six of the 10 coaches are in their second or third year. And that's, you know, for a lot of coaches, that's like a rebuild start. Um, not Melissa Graves at BU. She inherited quite a talented team. And I think even uh, coach at a Dunton who's a fine job at Colgate. She inherited quite a talented group too. Um, I think the coaches are, they're top to bottom, just have different expectations and they're in different places. So it's hard to say. Um, but certainly Melissa Graves posting a 17 and one record in conference play last season. Um, I don't care how good a team you have. You still have to get them over the hump and to do that 17 and one and make it to the final. That's a terrific job. Um, you have, uh, Kia Damon Olson, who's the, the longest tenured coach in the league, um, seven years in. She's not afraid to schedule people no matter what kind of roster she has. Uh, full respect to her for that. Um, and then, you know, Loyola, they're in a rebuild. Navy's in a rebuild. Um, Army at two and seven, you know, with two games below Division One competition. Um, I, I think it's too early to say where they are at. They're a little bit young this year. Um, we'll be interested to see their growth the rest of the season. 
Um, it's a tough league in that there's a lot of balance. So you might have a Lehigh breakout or last year, for instance, BU broke out um, along with Holy Cross. But the rest of the league, on any given night, you know, someone can get you. So it's really hard to build momentum for new coaches bringing in their own players and their own systems when you could lose any night. There's no easy game in the league. So um, I think that they're all moving forward. I think this season will have a a determining factor um, on their futures, how they perform uh, for several coaches. Something to keep an eye on. And how have the players that are newcomers fared so far this season? Uh, There's two I really like, and one of them is with a very young Navy team, um, and her name is Zanai Barnett-Gay. She's actually the leading scorer for the league um, at 20 points and grabbing 6.7 boards as a guard. Um, I don't think it's a huge risky um, guess to say that she's a future player of the year in the league. I mean, she's dynamite. If you haven't watched her play, she is really fun to watch. And you know, Navy needs the kind of energy and flash that she brings to the court and confidence. I think she's one of those players you play with that raises the level of everyone around them. Um, and they're a young group. They're going to need that. Um, they're capable. If Coach Taylor can get that young group to coalesce and get a few conference wins early and, and gain some confidence, that's a team that could be fun in the end of the season. Maybe not with the shiniest of record, but a, a team you might not want to play because those freshmen aren't freshmen anymore at the end. Um, but I really like Zanai Barnett Gay a lot. Uh, the other player I watch for that I like uh, plays for Bucknell. Um, a lot of expectation uh, for her, and that's Ashley Sofilkinich. Sorry, Ashley. Um, and she's now a starter for them, scoring 11.3 and pulling down 4.9 rebounds. The rotation isn't very deep for Bucknell this year. They lost their top player, Cecilia Collins, to transfer. She now starts for Columbia. Um, and that was a significant loss for that program. Um, headed into her junior year, so you're getting her best two years. And then she... Um, you know, felt it was a better fit for her elsewhere and, and left. So it left a great opportunity for Ashley to step in. Um, she's been playing great, a lot of minutes, and we'll see how things progress in non-conference, but I bet her numbers rise and, and she makes a name for herself before the season's over. Awesome. Coming up next, we'll talk about what Todd expects to see in conference play and more. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. This week, I'm looking at betting on who will have the most regular season passing yards, the most regular season passing touchdowns, and who will have the most regular season sacks. With just two weeks left in the regular season, you can bet on which team will win each division and make the playoffs, as well as who will eventually win the AFC and NFC championships. 
It's also not too late to bet on Super Bowl odds and who will win the AP end of season awards, including MVP, coach of the year, and more. Looking ahead to the NFL draft, you can also bet on the number one overall pick being Caleb Williams versus the field. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So, Todd, and this is a, a loaded question, but what are you expecting to see in the next couple of months in Patriot League play? Wow, I think the league is harder to predict than it's ever been, certainly since I've covered it. Um, yeah, really, really challenging. We're just not going to see what we saw last year, you know, with BU jumping out to a 17-1 and finish in conference play and Holy Cross close behind. I don't think you're going to see anybody break from the pack like that. There are certainly teams better than other teams. You know, we talked about Lehigh and, and Holy Cross and BU, and they'll be towards the top, but I don't, I don't see anyone breaking away. And after those, those top groupings, um, everyone is almost the same. It's just going to be a, a log jam. Um, and I think that any one of those teams that, you know, was rated below the fourth spot in the preseason is capable of getting the fourth spot and, and earning a home game in that playoff round. Um, it's going to be that type of year. I think anyone could beat anyone. And, uh, you know, I, I say that truly believing it. Um, and I just don't think there's a breakaway team like we had last year. And even though BU has a couple stars back, um, they're a different team. And Holy Cross has four starters back, but they're also a different team. And I, I just don't think that anyone's going to break away. And that's great. It'll make every night fun, um, every week fun, and, and certainly the finish will be competitive. And, you know, are there any specific matchups that you're looking forward to uh, in conference play? Well, on the first weekend of conference play or first night of conference play, Bucknell plays Holy Cross. I, that's going to be a great game, and that's going to tell a story. You know, Holy Cross has been a bit up and down. They're well coached. They're disciplined. They're an experienced team. Um, but they've had trouble scoring, you know, some easy shots, some perimeter shots. Um, and that's Bucknell's story too. You know, has trouble scoring and they're, they're both really good defensive teams. They scheme well. Coach Maureen McGarity at Holy Cross does a great job with her team's defense, as does, uh, Trevor at Bucknell. So, I expect a real tight game and a fun game. And, and that for Bucknell, if coming in at three and eight well, right now, um, to grab an early conference win against a defending champ would do so much for their confidence. And I think they're very capable. So I looked at that game as a real fun game to watch. Um, and also Bucknell's first matchup against Lehigh. That's already a, a fun rivalry between those two schools. And you had Remy Sisselman after her sophomore season transfer over to Lehigh. I can't recall a scenario where there was a, a transfer from one team to the next in the league, especially among, you know, heated rivals. So that might be a fun one to check out and see the, the response on both sides and how hard she tries to score on them and, and how they work to shut her down. And then probably, um, BU Holy Cross. You know, that's such a, it's a turnpike, turnpike game, turnpike rivalry, mass pike. Um, you know, they had an absolutely fantastic championship game last year. 
I know it didn't go the way the Terriers wanted it to, but it was a real exciting game. Great finish. And I think no matter how many times they play, two or three, and it could be three, could be them in the final again, um, each of those games is going to be very exciting. So I have my eye on that. And who was picked to win the Patriot League? And do you think they're still the favorite heading into conference play? Uh, Holy Cross was picked to win the league. Um, I, I don't, just don't think there's a favorite. I, I, no one has established that in the non-conference play. Everyone has shown weakness. Um, everyone's shown potential, but everyone has shown weakness to a certain degree, some more than others. Um, Holy Cross is well coached. They do have two new coaches on staff. Um, and their team is very experienced and, you know, they have a, a senior leadership group there that is going to pace that group, the younger kids. Um, they're going to say the right things and do the right things, but can they piece it all together now as a defending champion? That's a different mentality. Um, so, you know, we'll see, but absolutely Holy Cross could add another championship to their dozen that they already have for sure. Awesome. Thank you for joining me today, Todd. Uh, and thanks to our listeners for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And make sure to tune in tomorrow to hear from our WNBA draft crew. And also, have a happy new year.